Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 9th of February, 2024. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Flyers, back-to-back wins. Coming out of the All-Star break, kind of leaving that five-game skid in the rearview mirror. It's out of here. As Harry Callis would say, it's out of here. So, Flyers, back-to-back wins. Start out with a road win, 2-1 to over the Florida Panthers. And they get the 4-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets. I'll explain coming up in this episode why I think John Tortorella was none too pleased after a 4-1 win. Stay tuned. That's coming up. Let's get to the recap of the game. Let's dissect this one down. Uh, First and foremost, Flyers get outshot in the game 29-21. They get out hit in the game 23-21. Uh, and PK does a good job. They win the special teams battle. They end up with the only special teams goal, the 11th shorthanded goal of the season for the team. The particulars, Tyson Forcer opened the scoring 337 into the first period, his 10th of the season. Just a good play here all around. Flyers, again, playing fast, playing fast in transition. And we talked about, I think, in two episodes ago, two days ago on Wednesday's episode that the Flyers lead the NHL in chances off the rush this season. Uh, They were, I think, fourth in scoring off the rush, but leading the league in chances off the rush. And this is another one of them. It's a quick play. Noah Cates gets a puck up the ice to Ryan Paling up the left side. Paling busts it down the left side, creates a little bit of space beyond the, uh, uh, the Winnipeg defender. And Tyson Forcer, is doing exactly what he's supposed to do, driving hard to the back door. And because Paling puts a lot on the cross-ice pass to Forster driving that back door, um, Lorraine Brassois doesn't even have a chance to get there and try and make a save on it. It's deposited into the uh, right side of the net by Forster, just driving that net hard. And it's a beautiful play off the rush. Just a great play. One thing that we've heard John Tortorella mention a few times over the last couple of months, actually, at this point, as we've gotten to know and see Ryan Paling a little bit more, is, you know, Torts talks about we did our homework on him, and the reason why we liked him is because he's a big body and can skate. Now, Ryan Paling, when he skates, does not look like he's the fastest guy out there, and he's not the fastest guy out there, but... He is a guy that, because of his size, it makes his speed a little deceiving. Sometimes bigger guys, without just this, you know, a stride like Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon, don't look as fast as they are. I think that's the case with Ryan Palin. Always been a good skater, was drafted in the first round, part and parcel because he was a good skater. And you see it here, he's able to get enough speed to get beyond that line of the defenseman. The defenseman's got to stay between him and that angled pass to the back door. But because Palin gets just in front of him, he's able to throw that pass behind the Winnipeg defender to Forster, who's driving the back door. That's all predicated on speed. And Palin got on his horse, found that lane to be able to get that puck across. If the defender's staggered perfectly and gapped right, then that pass is a non-starter because it's not going to get across. But because he gets beyond them a half a step, now it makes that pass possible. So Palin, great play there. 
and Forster, good job driving the net, good recognition by Noah Cates, uh, you know, being able to uh, read the play properly and get the team playing fast in transition. Oddly enough, those two of those three players are ones that we've talked about over the last week quite a bit in Tyson Forster and Noah Cates. Those players needing to raise the level of their game and contribute offensively. Both of them do there on goal number one. Flyers go up one nothing. Then at 14.03, actually, let me rewind a little bit. There was a play prior to 14.03. It came at 6.03 into the first period. Travis Konechny is going down the right side in the offensive zone, going to get a puck, and he kind of gets grabbed and kind of roughhoused for no reason by Neil Pionk. And TK didn't like the way it happened. He turned around and looked at him, realized it was Neil Pionk, and it wasn't somebody much, much bigger out of his weight class. And TK, boom, dropped the gloves. You don't see that very often. TK drops the gloves, has a scrap with Neil, Neil Pionk, wins the decision in the fight, and you can see he's just an emotional leader uh, for this Flyers team. You don't like to see TK fighting a lot because you don't want to take him off the ice. He's a great five-on-five player. You don't want to see that a lot. But in this situation, you go, okay. Now, back to what I was saying before. 14.03 of the period, after TK has already had the fight, he comes out and gets his 24th goal of the year. And once again, TK leading this team in scoring. Flyers go up 2-0. Morgan Frost and Sean Walker pick up the assist. And the Flyers are up 2-0 in the game. Then at 18.06, Morgan Frost picks up the goal, his first, I think, in six games. And you could see by his celebration, he's a player that just wants to end up on the score sheet night in and night out. And his goal celebration puts the Flyers up three to nothing in the game. It's Frost's eighth of the season. Owen Tippett and Travis Konechny picked up the assist. And I think that like period's a microcosm of the four things, the four key elements that I brought up the other day that your best players, first of all, you got to defend better, defend less. They did that in the first period. They were tremendous in the first period. Winnipeg only had five shots. I don't think, I think the only one that was from the inside was, you know, a high danger chance was the one save that Sam Harrison makes with 9.3 seconds left in the first, which is to me an enormous save to have that happen when it happened. I'll talk about that in a second. But it was defend better, defend less. It was your top players got to be your top players and lead the way. And other guys got to raise the level of their game. So in that period, you get a multi-point period from Travis Konechny, a goal and an assist and a fight. Gordy Howe hat trick in the first. Then you get Owen Tippett with an assist, one of your best players. You get a guy in Morgan Frost who they need more offense from, gets the third goal for the team. You get a goal from Tyson Forster, his 10th of the season, a guy you want to see elevate his offensive element to his game. Uh, Cates gets an assist, and Paling gets an assist on a real nice play. That's the, the sum of the parts approach that the Flyers need to take. Back to that save with 9.3 seconds. It's a, a save in tight where Erson's got to move from his right to his left, and he is able to get the right, or excuse me, the left pad down and make a really tough save with 9.3 seconds left. and get the cover and the reason that's such a big save because the Flyers dominated the period they owned the puck they dominated the period only gave up the five shots and that was the only one from inside Flyers structure was great they kept everything to the outside and that saves huge because you're up three nothing 
And if Winnipeg gets that goal less than 10 seconds left in the first period, they go into the locker room feeling totally different. Yeah, we got outplayed badly in the first, but we're only down two. We got one there. They're feeling good. They feel like their game's on the come. But instead, he makes the save. They go into the period feeling like they just got dominated, and they did. So great and very time. I don't think it was the toughest save of the game for Sam Harrison, but it was the most timely save of the game for Sam Harrison and for the Flyers. So Flyers go into the first intermission up three to nothing. Second period, uh, Flyers end up in the box. Ryan Paling, 229 into the period, picks up a shorthanded goal. Again, guess how? Off the rush. Most shorthanded goals are going to be off the rush. You're not going to have a set offense uh, in shorthands of situations. It's the 11th shorthanded goal for the Flyers on the year. It's Paling's sixth of the season and his second point of the game. And Paling's just going up the ice, up the right side. He's got Garnet Hathaway with him, and Garnet Hathaway doing exactly what Tyson Forster did earlier in the game on that five-on-five goal to open the scoring. He is driving far post. And I think Paling does I'm, – I'm down in that corner watching it from the Zamboni entrance, and it's in the second period, so the Winnipeg goaltender, Laurent Bassois, is right in front of me. And I'm watching this play develop, and I'm watching Paling looking off Bassois and looking off to Garnet Hathaway like he's going to send, you know, a seed pass across kind of like he did in the first period to Tyson Forster, but he's going to send this one to Garnet Hathaway. But he doesn't. Hathaway does not get beyond that defender, so the pass isn't there. But because Paling looks him off, Bersois is not expecting this shot. And I don't even know, to be honest with you, if Paling is looking for this shot to go in. I think he's looking for a rebound. But he ends up just beating him over his right pad, long side, blocker side. It's a really bad goal for Bersois to give up. And he's a guy that's been really good this year. I mean, he came into the game with a 926 save percentage. And for his team that's down 3 nothing and on the power play to give up that goal is a backbreaker. But it's Paling's sixth of the season. It's unassisted. And that's all the Flyers would need offensively. They go up 4 nothing. They go into the third. Finally, at 14-48 of the third, Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets gets his 19th, denies Sam Erson his fourth shutout uh, on the year. And... Uh, the Flyers skate off with a 4-1 win. And what you would kind of look at and go, okay, that's a pretty dominant win by the Flyers, a rocking chair ride. They haven't had many third periods where they're up multiple goals and finish it out this season. They've been more of a team that plays the tight game like they played the other night in Florida, 2-1, to one, where there's no margin for error. You're playing on that razor's edge, can't make a mistake, situational hockey. In this game, it's a rocking chair ride. So coach should be happy, right? And not so fast. John Tortorella, not pleased after the game. And here is why I think that was the case. There, It's the combination of the first period against Florida and the second two periods against Winnipeg. Now, you knew you were going to get some pushback from Winnipeg. They've been struggling. They've now, I think they're 0-4-1 in their last five games. They came into the game against the Flyers, scoring three goals in their previous four games. They only scored one against the Flyers. but And they're reeling right now. And that was after they won a bunch of games in a row as well. But it's that combination of, you know, Torts did not like that start against Florida. They just watched. And then played totally different the final 40 minutes of that game. In that game, Florida got 10 shots in the first period, 11 shots the rest of the game. 
in this game, the Flyers against Winnipeg, the Flyers held Winnipeg to five shots in the first period, and then Winnipeg ends up getting 29 shots in the game. Winnipeg outplayed them. And the Flyers needed, like they needed Sam Harrison in the first period to keep the game within arm's reach. So the Flyers could eventually win it two to one. In this game, the Flyers staked the lead and they needed Sam Harrison to hold it. And he did. So Torch doesn't like that. Even though both games are a win, it's four points in the standings because a coach always looks at this. He always looks at the process for the result. And he says, if we do this, don't come out ready to play in the first period and watch, but play a two good other periods, you're not going to get away with that very often. And in games like last night, you know, you may not get out of the first period up three to nothing. And if you play the final 40 like that, you're going to end up losing. The process for which these two games played out, if you keep banking on that, it will not be a successful process. They got in the way with it in these two games. They've gotten the four points. They outscored their opposition six to two. All good. You got away with it. But this is an opportunity for John Tortorella as a coach to get on his guys and say, we can't do this. Like we can't, we cannot go down this road of playing two out of three periods or playing one out of three periods and expect to get what we just got two wins. Because that is not going to work, especially at this time of year in a playoff push down the stretch. It's just not going to happen. You got lucky. Winnipeg has not been playing well, so you got away with it in that game. You found a way to play 40 good minutes in Florida and get a win. But this is not how they need to operate going forward. Now, there's ebbs and flows to games, which we've talked about, momentum swings. And the coaching staff is cognizant of that. But again, I think Torts felt like there was too much watching in the first period against Florida, and there was too much watching in the second and third period against Winnipeg. I think if you haven't seen his press conference, you can go back on the Flyers YouTube channel and check it out there. It's brief. It's not going to eat up a lot of your day. I think it's a minute and four seconds. A lot of one-word answers, not a lot of expounding on what took place. So that's why I think he's not happy about it. One other quick thing inside the numbers in this game. Um Flyers ran 11 and 7 again. Ristolainen was sick. He was not available. Mark Stahl came in. Igor Zamula played. Those two kind of split time with Jamie Drysdale. Uh, York and Sanheim played together. Sanheim on the right side and Sealer and Walker as per usual. Uh, so your defensive minutes, you know, th- they were pretty balanced. I mean, Zamula only played 13 24. Sanheim played a team high 22 23. But when you look at your forward minutes, when you have 11 forwards, sometimes you can get some really out of whack numbers. I think in the Florida game, TK played over 22 minutes in that game. In this game, the highest um, amount of ice time for a forward in the game was actually Owen Tippett at 19.36. No forward played more than 20 minutes. Travis Konechny paid 19.28. And Ryan Paling played 18.37. And three minutes and 22 seconds of that is on the PK, where, by the way, he also scored a goal shorthanded. He went nine for set nine and seven on faceoffs, 56%. And the reason why that 1837 is important is because it's more ice time, more time on ice than Sean Couturier. Couturier played 1703 and only 119 shorthanded. That is how they need to shelter Sean Couturier 
a little bit from the amount of minutes played. So he does not wear down the way he did prior to the all-star break. He is still a player in his first year coming back after missing 21 months. That's what Ryan Paling brings. So that's a good thing. That distribution of ice time, even when you're going 11 and seven to still be cognizant enough to make sure that you do not overwork Sean Couturier. He played three minutes and 16 seconds on the power play. Paling only played 109 on the power play. So that's a, that's really good ice time allocation for the forwards uh, by John Tortorella and the coaching staff. That's a way to make sure Sean Couturier can not only get all the remainder of the remaining 30 games in, but also do it with a high standard of play and a high performance ability because he is so important to this team. This year back has proven how important he is to this team. So Ryan Paling, more minutes than Sean Couturier. I would not have thought that. I had a chance to catch up with Ryan Paling after the game. Here's my conversation with the Flyers center and two-point night and a shorthanded goal. Uh, Flyers post game after a 4-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets. We're with Flyers forward Ryan Paling, goal and assist in the game. Feels good to get back a couple of wins in a row after the break, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we kind of got away from our game there for a bit and, uh, I think that break came at a good time, you know, reset and enjoyed life away from hockey. And uh, now we came back refreshed, ready to play. And I think that game against Florida was awesome. And then our first period tonight, the second two weren't as great, but at the end of the day, we played well enough to get a win. Pals, you, Torch talks about your skating quite a bit. You're a big body out there um, and being able to, to get to the spots and do the right things when you get there. Is that something you've kind of prided yourself on and really one of the reasons why you found a, a real good home here? Yeah, 100%. I think it just helps me dictate my game. I mean, I don't want to play guessing myself, just kind of if I, if I if I make a play, make it 100%. And I think that's kind of helped me a lot. No second guessing myself, just playing straight forward. And it's, it's been good for me so far. Did you look uh, off Brassois on the goal? Because it didn't look like he was ready for the shot. You, you just kind of beat him. And I think he almost looked surprised. Yeah, no, I think I, I gave Garney a look. And then I just saw that if I could just get it between the D-man's legs, that it's got a chance of going in. And that's, that's what happened. Uh, you know, since we you've been here this year, Torts has talked about the growth of the room. Do you feel like you've found a home here? You know, you're actually bounced around a little bit already. Your first round pick, you dealt with some injuries, but yeah. it seems like the fit, the style, the city, everything's kind of going in the right direction for you. Yeah, no, it feels like home to me. I think I've always wanted that. And it's, uh, I mean, you just, I, I have a strong faith and I've always believed that just working hard and having a good attitude that you'll find a home. And it's, it's nice. This is my fourth or fifth year playing in NHL and it's, it, it took time, but I think, God put me in this position to to, to finally find a, find a home here in Philly. God, I love that. I love that you lean on your faith too. The, the thing is, too, pals, is you fit into a situation here. You got a lot of good guys in that room too, don't yeah. you? I think yeah. you guys had a good time on the break. Yeah, we do. I mean, like like you said, there's a lot of young guys, and we all get along quite quite well. There's eight of us that went together to Mexico and got away from the game for a bit. So, I mean, you're you're hanging out with these guys. And I mean, it's one of those times where I've, I've made real friends here and it's, it's, it's been great. Well, the city's committed to you and you've committed to it. So yeah. it's a two way street. Pels, thanks for doing this. Congrats on the win. Yeah. Thank you. appreciate it. All right. There he is. Flyers center, Ryan Paling. It certainly seems like he has found a home here. And I know a bunch of the boys went down to Mexico during the all-star break, cut loose a little bit, you know, get away from the game, get away from the rink, enjoy yourselves, recharge mentally, physically, emotionally, all those things. And uh, Pales was on that trip as well, so they had a great time. So uh, we thank him for taking the time and joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. So let's put a wrap on it there. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to preview the Flyers Revenge Tour returns. I'm sure the people are going to start tweeting me, Flyers Revenge Tour is back. 
Seattle Kraken. Dave Hackstall and the Seattle Kraken come to town who the Flyers lost to on that one West Coast trip where they beat Vancouver, lost to Seattle. Um, and I think they lost also to Calgary and Winnipeg or Calgary and Edmonton on that trip as well. So Revenge Tour is back coming up on Saturday at Wells Fargo Center. We'll preview that game and much more. Join us tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.